Tyler Smith, and this is More Than One Lesson, episode 78. Wanted to thank everybody for their feedback on the last episode. I recognize that when we talk about my least favorite movie of last year, um, we tend to go negative, uh, but people have been mostly positive in their response. So, and, and it's interesting. The response has been mostly... My co-host, Josh Long, is here. Josh. Hey. I was just listening to what he was saying, yeah. so felt yeah. like he had to introduce me. I might, I might have something to say about it. You know I know. Uh, it's interesting. The response has been... Wow, that movie sounds terrible. I'm never going to see it. Or that movie sounds terrible. I have to see it. Uh, now, if you were now, I recommend people see that movie because it gives them perspective, which is something the movie lacks totally. But mm-hmm. um, but it also it's like you think you see, you've seen bad movies. Watch Struck by Lightning, and uh, and so what would your recommend if someone said, "Hey, I listened to your episode about Struck by Lightning. Should I watch it or should I not?" Um. Maybe it would depend on how much you liked the episode. Because I know sometimes when I hear people talk a lot about a bad movie, I'm like, I got to see this mm-hmm. just to know like what they're talking about. And maybe even, I mean, if you want to see it and try and, and, and decide whether we're wrong about everything, maybe you'll see it and you'll be like, I love this movie. And I, I think that means you're wrong, but, uh, you know. There everyone, are people online who love the movie. There, those people are around. But there are people who love everything. Well, and there are people that, frankly... Uh, it was produced, written by, and starring Chris Colfer. Mm-hmm. And so there are people that are big fans of his. And anything he does will be wonderful and magical. We will talk more about that later in the episode. Magical. So, um, okay. Moving on. So we've got some announcements real quick. Uh, the first one, obviously, uh, we mentioned it last week. We're probably going to mention it for the next few episodes. Um, will Gray, friend of the show, he has cancer. And it has been... There, there are just like new developments almost every day. Like they found like a nodule on his lung, which could be scar tissue or it could be spreading. So um, he's undergoing like radiation and chemotherapy, and uh, it's pretty rough. Um, uh, he has insurance, and so that's taking care of a lot of their uh, medical bills. But uh, as of right now, as far as the everyday bills, uh, his wife Angie, you know the 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 bulk of the weight is is on her so um so what i would suggest is go to uh i believe it's goteamgray.com or you can go to more than one lesson.com and click on uh, uh and a button on the side that says help will gray uh, and that'll take you there and you can donate money uh and find out other ways that uh, that you can help so um i would really recommend that you do that um will's a really great guy and uh, it'd be nice to help them as, as much as possible. So, uh, so go to more than one lesson, click on the button that says help will gray and that'll take you right there. So, okay. A couple other things. Um, there are a couple new blogs out. Uh, one was written by Jim and it's all about the recent Oscar nominees. Uh, and then the other is written by, uh, Reed, who is uh, recently on the show and he talks about, uh, Les Miserables. 
Uh, let's see. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll switch up the order here. So uh, there is a monthly newsletter in which you can just keep up with uh, you know what has been going on with the show and the website. All things more than one lesson. All things more than one lesson, and and some things that are just kind of uh, incidental. You know, what's Josh up to? Now, one could be. Is there a what's Josh up to section on there? Not really, but sometimes, but sometimes it's oh, like. Oh, maybe if I had something particular going on. Right. And then yeah. I'd be like, hey. It's kind of, that's that's up to you is what I'm saying. Okay. So. I'll um, have to have something going on next time. Like, Josh is performing in a park nearby. He's doing a. What are you performing? I don't know. Hamlet? Ooh. Sure. Do some ham- Hamlet right now. Okay. Uh, that Yorick guy, I am pretty sure I remember him. Uh, told a lot of jokes. Now he's dead. And here's his skull. Here's his skull. <laughs> the end. Thank you. That's not Am bad. I throw some change in the hat for that. Yeah, why not? So, okay. <clears throat> but yeah, so you can uh, you can click on the button that says newsletter and you can subscribe to it. It is sent out once a month or or more often than that, depending on if there's like an uh, an important holiday or something coming up. Like uh, there was a there was a December newsletter and a Christmas newsletter. Whoa. So, and then lastly, and this is a uh, silly, this is a silly thing. This is a silly thing to get excited about though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So we have, uh, official more than one lesson t-shirts now and, uh, and like bags and, uh, mugs. It's about time. Yeah. And right now all it is, is just, uh, we'll be adding more designs, but they'll all be basically the same thing. It's just the, you know, like the logo with the chalkboard it's the chalkboard, but it has one of the lessons that we've put out there. Right now, there's only there's only one lesson. There will okay. be more than one. There, there better a little be. bit later. But it's uh, so right now it's lesson number forty eight, which is from episode forty eight, mm-hmm. and it, it is uh, if you're not afraid of spiders, you're not paying attention. That's a good right. one. More than one lesson dot com. So you can go and you can get that on a mug. You can get it on a t shirt. Let everyone know you listen to. You are one of the. I don't know. 150 people listen to this show. Um, if you get, you could get one of the mugs and actually use it to kill spiders. It'd be kind of oh, ironic. Absolutely. I'm paying attention. See, that's, that's what you, that's what you declare. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I think that's all the, uh, all the announcements. Uh, I feel like there might've been something else, but I don't think so. So, all right, we will move on. We've got a guest. He's here. He's been waiting patiently. So for patiently. Almost six minutes. And, uh, I mean, not so patiently. He's been checking his phone, which is yeah. distracting to me. Which I'm doing right now. Yeah, it's very off-putting. But, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to send an email that's like, hey, stop messing with your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just You and I should just start sending emails <laughs> to each other and to our guests saying, like, hey, I couldn't help but notice this thing. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so, um, this episode isn't going very well. I'm texting a friend telling him how much fun I'm not having right now. No, that's not true. And then he can tune in on Tuesday. <laughs> so, um... Okay, but yes, yeah, so we have a, a, a friend of mine I've known for a, num- a number of years. He is, uh, oh man, a, a renaissance man as far as I'm concerned. He's wow. A, he's an actor. He's a, like a host. He's a painter. Of sorts, he's a yeah. stuntman. Uh, he's uh, he's a... Uh, I think that's it. Plays the yeah, steel drums. Yeah. Do you play a musical instrument? Uh, no. You sing. Um, you can sing though, right? I did. I mean, I grew up singing. I can't sing now. And I don't sing in the shower. Really? At all? Yeah. Why not? I, I'm just not one of those folks. Perhaps because I grew up doing it. Like, I grew up singing on stage, so I felt no need to sing in the shower, uh, maybe? What? No audience. 
Exactly. It's all about the applause. I wasn't getting recognized. <laughs> I don't get recognized in the shower. <laughs> not even by yourself. Who is that guy? He'll, he'll get sing out of here. He'll, he'll sing on? in a public shower, but not <laughs> not at home. Oh, at the YMCA. Yes. And you'll, yes. of course, sing at oh, the YMCA. Uh, so we haven't said his name yet. Sorry. Uh, it's, uh, Ian, <laughs> I don't have one. It's Ian Gilligan. Yep. So, Ian, how you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for being here. Of course. Of course. It's always fun talking to Ian because he and I have very different sensibilities as people. Yeah. He's energetic and sprightly and bubbly at times. And, uh, at times. He's I'm like, not he's like that. happy. Yeah, he kind of... It's look, weird. he's smiling now. <laughs> at times, though. At times, though. I've, uh, my boss told me the other day that I was a very passive guy. And I, I would say mm. I have to agree with him, actually, most <laughs> of the time. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, so... Uh, Serious. Ian and I have known each other a number of years. I always yeah. enjoy talking to him. And, uh, and his, uh, his career has been interesting of late, by which I mean probably the last two years. But we'll get more into that later. Yeah. First things first, Ian, look, we don't even know you. Who are you? Yeah. How did you get in here? You weren't supposed to be on the show today. I know. I was just they they found me on the street. We were um, going to talk about Lincoln, and now here you are. And yeah, I know. I I am here to talk about me, yay, and <laughs> and Disney and stuff. Um, Don't spoil it. Uh, I know. Oh, sorry, we're not going to talk about Disney. Okay. Um, Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ian. My name is Ian Gilligan. Like the island. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever come up to me and said, "Oh, you don't like the island," or "Oh man, I bet you get that a lot," well. Yeah, you're not very original. <laughs> That's what everyone says. You know who loves Gilligan's Island? Who? I think I've seen every episode of Gilligan's this Island. This man, I've seen maybe one. Maybe. Really? Yeah. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer no, that question, I, I, but I remember that one. Yeah, I do remember bits and pieces of it, but... Yeah. Did, did the Harlem Globetrotters come to the island? Was no. it that? They did that once. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Anyway, I'm so glad. <laughs> Listen, you you sidetracked us on this. I wasn't going to even mention it's it. It's because I'm fascinated by your... Like, you know Ingmar Bergman and Gilligan's Island. Like, Equally. you know those two. Uh, and they are, like, you hold them in equal esteem. Uh, for different reasons, maybe. Fair enough. They both speak to different parts of your soul. Right. <laughs> the same way that I can love my wife and, like, oranges. They're not the same thing, but... Fair enough. And I hope you don't love them the same way. <laughs> That would be weird. I, I try not to. Good. Oranges came first, though. You know, That's true. You've had a longer relationship with oranges. Yeah. This is true. So, Megan's got some catching up to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. I apologize, everybody, for the uh, silliness so far. We're going to cut that short. Yeah. All right. Now it's time to get into business. You know, get down to business. Down to business. Uh, Ian, tell us about yourself. Where'd you come from? Who uh, are you? Born and raised in San Diego, California. Uh, America's finest city. I love it down there. Um, grew up in a, uh, a Christian home. Parents both really love Jesus. Um, they're just, they're awesome. I, I love them. Um, but, uh, I, I kind of missed the ball as a kid. I, I just didn't really, I didn't understand what it meant to be a Christian. I didn't, I didn't realize it was about, um, a personal relationship with Jesus and knowing God. I just, I equated it with moralism and just like following the rules, doing X, Y, and Z, you know, so long as I didn't, you know, sleep around or kill anybody, I must be a, a Christian. And, <laughs> Um, it wasn't until I moved up to LA, go figure, um, that, uh, that I kind of, I began to understand what, um, what it meant to actually know the Lord. And as I started to study the, the Bible in the context of, of a, a group of Christians kind of came to understand what it meant to actually, actually know, um, actually know and love God. And, and that's, uh, that's, I don't know, that's a little, little history. Okay. Um, all right, man, that was fast. This, this interview is going to just blow by. <laughs> yeah. Bam. So, so, Zero to um, twenty-four in, in next, twenty seconds. Next question. Next question, please. <laughs> um, 
So, okay, so you were raised in a Christian household with parents uh, that I've heard are awesome. awesome. I don't recall where I heard that. I think Josh might have said it. I I say that a lot about people I've never met. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, you you know, you have faith in people. Yeah, until I meet them. Right. It's like, oh, they are not as awesome as I I originally thought they would be. Shouldn't have assumed. So, um, what was your relationship with movies? You know, uh, I will I will follow that up real quick. You know, there are some people who are raised in a Christian household, mm. uh, and movies and art in general in general are something to be suspicious of. Like, you know, you don't watch certain types of movies and all right. that, and just uh, really uh, downplay really downplay them as anything more than entertainment. And even then, you can only watch you know G P G and right. and that's all. So, um, and that was not the case with my my parents it was not the case with josh's parents i believe mm-hmm. um but i was curious as to as to your situation right i mean i i love i've always loved movies i mm-hmm. mean i as long as i could remember i just i would take any and every opportunity i could to to watch you know whatever i could um as far as like not being able to watch certain things i mean there was a little bit of that i mean um i i feel like the things that i couldn't watch were um i don't know stereotypical like contemporary Christian, like you can't watch this movie because it's got you know sexual content in it, or I mean that's very very normal. I feel like, and yeah. you know that was the case with us, and um, and uh, but yeah, I mean I could watch just about anything um, as I as I grew up and um, and loved just about everything, you know. Okay. Um, what are some of the what were some of your favorite movies as a kid? Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark has been my favorite movie probably as long as I can remember. <laughs> okay. um, I do remember vividly the first time that I watched that movie. Um, although I don't remember watching the very the end when the heads blow up and melt and get <laughs> really? like all sucked into themselves. Maybe because like my dad turned it off at that point. Mm. But like Were I remember most of the movie. Yeah, I was pretty mm. young. Um, except for that last scene. Like, Boy, I just, my I dad know. sure didn't turn that scene off, and it scared the hell out of you. <laughs> yeah. And then he just looked at you, and he was like, this is what happens if you disappoint Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no. Um, and, I mean, I I feel like I've I had and have um, still just very, you know, broad, general, everyman taste when it comes to movies. I love a good story. I love, um, I personally am just a big action-adventure guy. Um, you know, so like I said, Raiders, I, I loved Jaws. Pretty much anything Spielberg did before 2000, I loved. Um, <laughs> Not since? Not a big fan of his since? Um, some stuff. You seem like a Terminal guy. I, you enjoy the Terminal. I like the first hour of Terminal. The first <laughs> uh, hour of Terminal is delightful. The yeah. second hour is... I don't even remember the second hour. Yeah, it honest. feels... Yeah, it felt like they're just like, okay, let's wrap this up. And it feels like people who just need to, ra- need to wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, yeah, it's. Uh, what about Munich? Did you like Munich? Uh, it's been a minute since I've seen Munich. I, I couldn't even. I couldn't tell you to be honest. Okay, is that a turn of phrase that means longer, significantly longer than a minute? Yeah, yeah. and I've been saying it quite often <laughs> recently. Okay. Um, yes, right. you may want to cut that out because it's uh, confusing. I'll cut it out for the next hour. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, for the next minute. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that's what this show is actually? Like, I don't think you have that much to say to our listeners. But it's kind of an opportunity for us to really hold your feet to the fire. Maybe get you to change some of the habits that I find. Off. <laughs> this right, is, right, this right, is right. an intervention. Right. This, of is, sorts. this is just for me. It's, it's like a social change me. Stop saying that thing. You know, it's not remarkably destructive, but I just don't like it. Right. We don't get a lot of return guests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Tom Wilson had so many annoying habits. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Um, so, uh, you know, you you were saying you've always been into movies. You've always been, you know, into, I guess, art, entertainment type stuff. Yeah. Was there a, do you remember a point when you first wanted to do things like that? Was it, was it as a kid? Was it? Yes. And it wasn't actually from watching a film. It was um, the first time I saw a musical theater production. It was um, a production of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in winter of 1997. I'll never forget. <laughs> um, and I went back and saw it. Uh, like two or three times just because it was one of those this is going to sound so cheesy it was just one of those moments where I just saw that saw it what was happening on stage it was like I need to do that and I will do that like it's it was just it was that moment mm-hmm. um, and uh, it took me a minute to get into uh, to actually get into theater I did it again <laughs> it took me uh, a couple years three actually to get uh, or before my parents parents finally allowed me to get into theater I feel like they knew that once they let me in the ball would just kind of start rolling and never mm-hmm. stop and um you'd catch the acting bug yeah and uh out of curiosity uh was there a specific character within lion witch in the wardrobe that you responded to or just the the thing in general nope just the thing in general which makes sense for me okay. um maybe we can get into that later but yeah it's okay. it's it was just the whole experience of, of just seeing that show come alive on stage was was what did it for me so was your first passion more for music theater specifically definitely i did musical theater for years you know since i was i think 11 was the, was when that uh, was when i did my first show and then i did it through most of high school and um did some professional theater in san diego some regional theater lambs players theater the welk resort theater which are both really really great theaters down there and mm-hmm. um and just loved it man i loved musical theater i I, th- I was the guy that thought i would be doing it forever you know that i would go to broadway and and sing and dance and um <laughs> yeah was there anything particular about the uh that performance what would like did did anything that they were doing or saying or anything stand out to you or was it just it looked like so much fun and just looked like something you really wanted to from do? from lion the witch yeah the yeah. first show i saw it, it just looked like a blast mm-hmm. like they were just having just the time of their lives and um and i wanted to have the time of my life <laughs> <laughs> that's cool yeah. and so then um when was it that uh, you started to become interested in maybe film acting or TV acting or, or whatever? Did yeah. You, was there... there? There was a there was a point. You know, this is... I don't think I've ever told anyone this. And this is Ooh. honestly... NTOL exclusive. Yeah. We should... Oh, we got to put it like a musical stinger in here. My <laughs> parents don't even know this. This is crazy. I'm, seriously, I've, I've never told anyone this. I was, uh, I was a junior in high school and um, a friend of mine had an agent or something. He was going up and down to LA for auditions every once in a while and and he came up um, in front of the class once I don't know how he got up there and he d- did this commercial copy that he'd prepared um, and if I can be really honest like I was like if this if this kid who I thought was kind of a goof and a dork I was like if this kid can do this and like you know go to Hollywood and be an actor then I can do it and that was kind of like my internal monologue at that moment in time and um Wow, that's yeah. So it came from a place of judgment. As it came all from a great place of decision judgment <laughs> and jealousy and thinking I could do better than someone else. Yes, mm-hmm. it's and here's the thing: is there is something to be said for that. It's probably not a. It's not necessarily a good instinct, but it is that idea of why not me? Yeah, like you, yeah. you do think like, well, surely I could never do this. But then you see somebody doing it. Whether or not you think they're as good as you is beside the point. Right. Like somebody's doing it someone i know yeah yeah when when yeah. you see someone you know that grounds it a little bit more to make it seem more of a doable mm-hmm. thing yeah it was literally like if he can do this i can do it yeah. and um just proceeded to to make it happen to do that got into some acting classes down in san diego um 
uh, I think I, I met with a family friend who was a manager up in LA at the time and um, just, you know, started gathering information and, you know, doing what I could to, to acquire the, the skill set. And um, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that was high school, hmm. late high school. Were there any, uh, once you started getting into that, just sort of that world of, of film acting or TV acting or whatever, mm. um, were there any particular actors that you looked to, any that you found as influences? Um, not really. I mean, there, there are some, some actors that I, you know, whose performances I enjoyed much more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I feel like they're just very broad, everyman um, actors, I guess, people that mm-hmm. most people enjoy. I, I loved Denzel Washington growing up, um, and it was because of that scene in Glory. Uh, when he's getting the when he's getting whipped for having mm-hmm. stolen the shoes and that tear just like whoosh, just comes down his cheek that I've seen that movie once and I still remember that scene vividly <laughs> um, and uh, I love I love Tom Cruise I always have um, I, I'm just never ever bored when I watch that guy yeah. ever I, I'm just he's I'm, not a he's not a boring actor it's I've said it on my other show a lot is that like you know he may be it's easy to say that he's crazy but like he may be like a very high energy and people maybe put off by his personal life right but like he will always always yeah. deliver on screen exactly mm-hmm. and it I- doesn't matter if the movie's a bomb like night and day mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if the mo- or or you know rock of ages which by which by the way i hear that he's by far the best part of it yeah he, and, was, he was great the movie was awful but he was great okay I'm, I'm sure he was and just like whether it be born on the fourth of july or Mission Impossible, he will always do what the part requires. Not merely, I'm going to make this a Tom Cruise role. He does what the part requires. Right. And I think he just... I mean, it's it's a weird thing. Mission Impossible 3. It's an action movie. But he he delivers an Oscar-caliber performance in that action movie. No, mm-hmm. of course he would never be nominated because right. of the nature of the film. Yep. But like... He's doing every. He's working every bit as hard as a Daniel Day Lewis yeah. or something like that. And he showed you in the first like sixty seconds of that movie. Exactly. It's just oh, yeah. Man. Like there's your Oscar <laughs> clip scene. Right yeah. There. yeah. There's your submission. Yeah. And it's just uh, so yeah. There's there is no shame in in uh, being inspired artistically by Tom Cruise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big big fan of his. So. So when did you finally decide to make the move to Los Angeles? Make the move. Um, that would be a year after I graduated high school. I graduated '07, uh, stuck around for a year, and then moved up like um, the week to the week um, from uh, from when I had graduated high school the year before. Um, I got a manager, a pretty great manager actually, um, about six months after I graduated high school, and started going up to LA just all the time, like two to three times a week. Um, driving back and forth, crashing at friends' places. Like I, I got to give my friends props because I was, I'm sure, at their houses much more than they'd wanted me to be. But um, yeah, I. That's a long drive too. Yeah, unless you're driving at like 2 a.m. as you know, I would do. I know I did. I okay. did. I started to leave, you know, past 10 o'clock. I would never leave before yeah. like nine or 10 just because it used to save you time. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a quick drive. That's a, that's like a, it's like two hours as opposed to four or five four any or other five, time yeah. of the day. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been to Comic Con a couple times. I get it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and were you coming up to do for, for auditions? auditions and yeah. Such? yeah, I. Um, I think Tyler, I've I've talked to you about this. I, I that summer that was the summer of two thousand eight. Summer two thousand eight. What I said? Summer of Sam. I, I couldn't resist. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I don't know that reference. <sighs> we don't need to talk about it. Now. Um, that summer, I went out for like the lead role in like every 
summer blockbuster for the following year. Like, oh wow! So summer of two thousand nine, I, I could like walk around a movie theater and like look at all the one sheets for all of, like the lead roles that I auditioned <laughs> for. Um, didn't get any of them, obviously. Like, didn't get called back for any of them. Like, not not even close. I just was kind of picked out by this manager and thrown into the mess of like you know going for the leading roles and all these mm-hmm. massive massive Hollywood blockbusters and. Um, it was it was an experience. Did sure. you find that? Did you find that? Uh, I feel like I could go either way, either depressing or or exhilarating. Um, um, it, it was cool. I mean, it was it was fun. I you hear some actors talk about going out for for roles, you know, big or small, and just like being crushed whenever they don't hear back. And like every time, like some actors, every role they go out for, if they if they don't hear back, it's just like they just can't take rejection. Mm. It didn't bother me at all. Like I just it, I knew. I knew going in that it was probably going to be like that's how it happens. You d- you don't get everything. You don't get hardly anything. Um, you know the odds are like what every one in one hundred commercials you audition for you book or something like that. Um, so I mean I it didn't it didn't bother me at all really. Mm-hmm. And it's it's an interesting thing. You said you had a, a good manager, and I have no doubt of that. It sounds like he got you some good stuff. But at the same time, part of me is like, why did they, why did these places why did they even bother auditioning people that no offense were no name yeah. It's like we're going to hinge our blockbuster on somebody that no one knows. Right. Like that almost never happens. Right. You know, like, and I'm trying to think. And I mean, you were pretty young. Like, like who are the leads? Like, uh, in in uh, Legion, it was Lucas Black. Was I auditioned oh, okay. for the part? Lucas mm-hmm. Black. Guy. I saw that. That movie's not good. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, the bullet there. <laughs> actually, haven't seen it yet. I'd I'd really like to. But um, I tell you who's good in it. Doug Jones. Friend of the show, Doug, Doug Jones. <laughs> Doug Jones. Yep. Um, He's good in everything. Who, what else was it that year? Um, Homeboy from uh, Percy Jackson, that movie Percy Jackson. Oh, Thief. Logan, Logan Lerman. Lerman. Yeah, there was like, <laughs> there's been like four movies that I've auditioned for that he he's got the. Uh, <laughs> the you do have, a, you do have a similar quality to you. Yeah, uh, so, I know. I know him first and foremost as the Christian Bale's kid from Three Ten to Yuma. Like that's where I think I first saw mm-hmm. him. Yeah. So but he's yeah, great. You, he's yeah. he's good. He was fantastic in. Um, just get out. Perks of the wall, uh, being a wallflower. He was really good in that. I didn't see it. Yeah, I heard it was. Yeah, I heard it was uh, better than it looked. <clears throat> yeah, for a long time it was just like, oh, this is the one that Emma, Emma Watson. Watson. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like not Emma Thomas. That's somebody else. No, no, no. <laughs> but like, but yeah, like, like, uh, oh, it's her first like post Harry Potter thing. And look, she cut her hair. Like that's the only thing that you had heard about it. <laughs> right. And then it turns out to be considered one of the better movies of the year. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, so. You were auditioning, mm-hmm. not getting a lot. Mm-mm. What stuff were you getting? Uh, nothing really. Um, okay. Just going out a whole lot. Um, I, I think booked one commercial. You know, what? I actually booked the first commercial I ever auditioned for. Come to think of it, but uh, so a commercial every now and then. Um, what was that first commercial? It was a shoe carnival commercial. Mm-hmm. If you are live in the Midwest or on the East Coast, you know shoe carnival. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have them out here, but. Um, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't booking anything really. And about I don't know, maybe nine months or so after I'd gotten that great manager that was sending me out on everything, uh, the relationship just kind of fizzled out and died. Um, and uh, you know, it ended up being you know the best thing for me. Um, kind of hopped around a little bit, got another agent or two, another manager, and um, and you know, kept going out a little bit, still not having any success. And um, I came to the point where I realized that and. You know, I'm talking, saying this in like 10 seconds. This was like a two-year-long process. But I finally came to realize that I didn't enjoy acting enough to 
pursue it as a career for the next 30, 40 years of my life. I didn't enjoy the craft um, of acting enough to, to do it forever, you know, and, and I just thought to myself, well, if I don't, if I don't really enjoy what I'm supposed to be doing, like what would be my job, then I just can't, I can't do this. It would, it's just, I can't. So, um, so I threw in that towel probably like, I don't know, probably two years ago now. Um, and, uh, then we have the stunt adventure. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) so as I, as I mentioned, uh, you and I've known each other for uh, probably four, three, four years now. And, uh, but there would be long stretches where I like didn't see you, but I would see you on like Facebook or something. Mm. And so. It's just like here's me fall, you know, like falling off a building in a warehouse, falling off a, like, yep. yeah, a balcony in a warehouse or something. Mm-hmm. Like, huh? That seems strange. <laughs> How do you end up doing why, that? Wonder why he's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't run across a lot of uh, Facebook photos of here's me falling it's off of something. Falls, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then when the next time I saw you, you said like, oh yeah, I'm into stunt work and stuff. And then I think somebody mentioned you were on. Was it a CSI or something like that? Yeah, I did an episode of CSI. Okay, got killed. But we'll but we'll get to that in a second. It was glorious. I love seeing you get yeah. killed. But like, <laughs> um, so how did you arrive? So for a short time, you did stunt work. How did you arrive there? Um, like I said earlier, I am a big action adventure fan, and whenever I'd watch a movie an action adventure movie I'd always see the the action scene and you know, the adventure scene I'd be like if ever I were to land a part land that part of the hero like that would be what I'd be most excited to do is like the running over rooftops and getting you know blown up and jumping off this that or the other thing and um so when I quit acting I was like well now what the heck am I supposed to do like I you know I love movies I still want to be involved in the industry somehow but like what's it going to be and um uh, our mutual friend, Katie Eichen, uh was the one that actually kind of got me into stunts and, and uh, told me what I needed to know and introduced me to the people that I needed to uh, meet. And um, just she also showed me some cool like training opportunities and places. Stunt training is very informal. It's a lot of hanging out in your buddy's backyard and, and jumping off his roof and, and, you know, knocking each other to the ground. And that's really how that's really how you learn, you know stunts is is just surrounding yourself by people that know more than you do in their backyards so what you're saying is that if i meet somebody who says i'm looking to be a stunt man i should just punch him in the stomach right away i don't think you should do that we don't like to get punched in the stomach face like face no no, we don't like getting punched period okay well how about this yeah i say all right i'm gonna just start i'm just gonna swing my arm at your face it's your job to get out of the way but make it look as though i hit you right but i'm gonna keep swinging yes and then it's then it's up to you would that would the person appreciate that? Um, I don't know if they would appreciate it. It would be helpful. I mean, it would they would they would it would sharpen their skills. All training. right, yeah, so, it's all training. Everything's training. Yeah, professional accountability is what that is. That's you what know, that they is. may not appreciate it, but this is iron sharpening iron. I am going to start swinging. They'd don't, appreciate it later. Don't you okay. wish you could be someone's Cato, like you live in their house and you're just going to jump out and and just take them down? Kato? Whatever you can do, man. I love How that. How are you, my little yellow friend? Hey, that's inappropriate. Yeah, I know, but he said it first. I know, he sure did. Huh? No, well, it's, it's fine. Um, but, uh, okay, so you're starting to train as a stuntman, a stuntman, and, uh, yeah, sorry. My co-host on Battleship Pretension does that a lot, and now I can't not do it. It's, <laughs> uh, it's kind of a curse that he's, uh, that he's given to me. So, um, so what... It's such a fascinating thing because, like, ju- the way you just the way you just described it, it sounds very 
very loosey-goosey, which it seems like stunts wouldn't be. Uh, it seems like they'd be pretty well choreographed, and I know mostly they are. But, like, the training, it's just like, hey, let's just jump off of a roof. Like, kind of a, has a jackass quality to it. Um, and so, uh, so now that you've said that, now I have absolutely no idea how somebody professionally gets into this. Like, right. how does one go from that to getting put on TV? Right. And that sort of thing. Um I mean, and like I said, the people that you're doing this with are all people that know way more than you do and have been around way longer than you have and work, you know, all mm-hmm. the time. And hopefully that's who you're training with. Um, so whereas the, uh, the, the training instance is very informal, um, getting, getting the actual work. And people say this about really every industry um, ever and especially the film industry, but I would say it has never been more true that it's about who you know than it is in the world of stunts because there's no representation in stunts. Hmm. Um, You don't have an agent that sends you out for a role in this movie. The only way, the only way that you're getting work as a stunt person is if you have a relationship with the stunt coordinator. I mean, every once in a while they'll look, they've got these stunt books that have like lists of stunt people in your picture. Every once in a while you'll get a call out of the blue for something like that. I have, but nine times out of ten the work you're getting is because you know the stunt coordinator so in order to to meet the coordinator to establish that relationship you need to hustle okay. uh, what we call hustling which is um, tracking the stunt coordinator down um, when they're working out on location uh, and literally just waltzing up on set uh, with your headshot and resume and saying you know tracking the guy down saying hey I'm a stunt guy I'm um, just wanted to you know drop a line say hello and give you my give you my stuff and and that's just how you start to form the relationships and the more you do that the more they recognize you the more they understand okay this guy's not just you know hmm. here once I mean he's serious he wants work and and that's how you do it um, I don't think anyone works harder for their work than stunt people do um, I mean in order to do that in every sense yeah I, it's to get just, the work and then once they have it they have to get the actual work I, it's yeah. just yeah it's um I uh, and I'm not even just saying this because I did it for a short time, but I have a tremendous amount of respect for for stunt performers. Absolutely, yeah. So, what stuff? Uh, what work did you get? I, did I, a, I mentioned CSI, right? That, you get killed on CSI. CSI. I got uh, beat to death with a brick, um, which was great, gorgeous to see. It was it was awesome. It. You always wish you could do like do that scene or something where you're covered in like blood and muck and dirt and grime and stuff, and like <laughs> they just like dumped this bucket of blood on me and I was all nasty and um, it was it was really fun it was cool and uh, I what else did I do I did an episode of the LA complex which is you know CW teen soap gold <laughs> if you will and uh, I got beat up on that by one of the uh, one of the regulars on that show with a brick again with it always with a, a brick? fist no oh. I got beat up by an angry rap artist oh yeah. is there any other kind except uh, Will Smith yeah. But he's an actor now. Right, right, right. And then the other, I only did three contracts. The last one I worked was, uh, I doubled a kid on a Disney show called Pair of Kings. Now, what did you have to do for that? That, I got hauled up on a wire, like eight feet in the air, and I was doubling him. He, in the show, there's a gag where he's on this rocket, like trying to fl- fly across the island, and it blows up, and he goes flying, and there's just a shot that lasts literally a half a second of of him, who I'm doubling, just falling, you know, down, just like through the frame. And mm-hmm. uh, so... There's my. Whenever I'm on screen, I'm always blurred. You know, like I can't actually see me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, there and gone. Well, such is the nature of, of uh, stunt work. Yes. So, so you mentioned you did it for a short time. What? Uh, Ian? Why? Why a short time? You know, I, I'm sorry to depress you. <clears throat> no, no, no. What brought it to an end? My, my leg, my leg injury. Uh, okay. I jacked it up 
see it's been a little over a year now i was training martial arts and i did something to it i don't remember what but um it uh i threw out what was it what did i discover first i tore a tore my gastroc um and just the injuries just began to compound and compound and um there's like three or four other things that we've kind of discovered and diagnosed at this point and uh and i just got to the point uh, about six months ago uh in summer i was just like i just can't i can't like keep putting this on hold um and like wait for this to to heal because it's just it's not healing it's just taking forever um and so i just kind of put stunts on the on on hold indefinitely mm-hmm. yeah and uh so when i spoke to you recently uh you said that uh the the experience of getting hurt was a very humbling experience it turned out to be a very spiritual experience in yes. a lot of ways and that you uh learn some stuff why don't you why don't you talk about that sure um, i'm sorry if it's uh embarrassing no not all i will be very forward um the at the time i mean i wasn't aware of of especially you know at the very beginning of the injury what i was um, learning or what the lord was teaching me but um just in in not being able to to perform and not being able to you know have and showcase that physical ability i mean it was just it was like you said it was a very humbling experience um and, uh, like I, I have, a, to be honest, a lot of, you know, just self image issues. I tend to think highly of myself and, and to have those, those abilities and, and all that stuff taken away. It was a very, it was a very, um, humbling, a very humbling experience. Hmm. Um, there's, there's so much, I feel like I could talk about this injury forever. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief, but, um, the, the healing process, I was, uh, a buddy of mine prayed for me one night actually. And, um, and I'd, I'd had a really long day. My leg was so sore, hurt so bad. And, um, and he called me on the phone. He was miles and miles away. He was in Northern California. He called me up and he was like, Hey man, I just want to pray for your leg. Like, I just feel like I, I got to pray for your leg. And he prayed for me that night, uh, right there. And he was like, all right, now, now feel it. Now test it out. I was like, what? He's like, try it. Like, feel it. See, see if it feels better. And I did a bunch of tests for things that normally would give me pain immediately. And, um, they're like, all the pain was like 99% gone. It was, it was crazy. It was one of those like, wow, I was literally just touched by the Lord. I was just healed. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was pretty, it was pretty incredible. Um, over the next, uh, couple days, the pain started to return. Um, and it was just such, it was just such a trying, interesting experience. I mean, it, it just, it really, um, just kind of started to shape and challenge my, just like I guess I call the, the my theology of healing, just like how how the Lord heals and and why He heals and and when it happens and um, just um, yeah. And I've uh, I've been thinking a lot about the idea of of healing and not necessarily like the you know faith healers like you know putting your hand on, but that as well. But just mm-hmm. the idea of praying for healing because you know as I mentioned at the top of the show, you know uh, my friend Will has cancer and it just it just you know he's had a lot of people praying for him right. and it, it, if anything he keeps getting worse yeah you know mm-hmm. and it's it's really quite awful um mm-hmm. and i haven't seen him in a while and uh it's i just feel terrible for him yeah but um you know and i believe a long a long time ago uh friend of the show jason eekman was on and he and i spoke about uh the movie A Serious Man, and one of the things that we talked about at the time, a mutual friend of all three of us uh, named Sheldon, he had cancer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or rather, uh, yeah, cancer. Yeah. Um, and so, 
you know, it's it's a very difficult thing to to talk about. The idea of healing, it's not unlike the idea of de- of demons and spiritual warf- warfare. Mm-hmm. I tend not to talk about it. I shy away from it right. because it's uh, first off, like when you talk about spiritual warfare at all, which at some point we'll probably do on the show, um, then like. People are like, all right, fire and brimstone. Just mm-hmm. devil made you do it. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's certain connotations with that. People are kind of quick to write it off as, yeah. well, that's, right. you know, yeah. that's not my experience, which, right. how could it be? Yeah, mm-hmm. Cri- yeah, Christian or otherwise. And, and even other Christians are like, okay, easy, come on. Yeah. Uh, and I've been one of those, by the way. Right. Uh, and then with healing, you know, like just now, for example, I have no doubt that there are some people, some of our listeners are a bit cynical, I think. Um, Christian and otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm sure they would hear the story you just told, yeah. and they said, "Well, clearly you weren't healed right. then, were yeah. you? You know, it's like you felt better in the moment. Perhaps that was purely psychological. Yeah. Uh, and then if it comes back, well, then I get it's like, what are the healing powers of God if the <laughs> right. pain comes back yeah. in, in a couple of days? You know. Um, so, like, what would you say? What would you say to that if somebody came to you with that rather aggressive attitude and, and said that to you? Right. Um, well, I, I guess I would I would first say that I'm not gonna I would not base my you know my concept or, or theology, if you will, of, of healing based off of um, my experience. You know, I think to do that would be foolish. I mean, I think that first, um, you know, as and specifically as Christians, we need to look at, you know, look at the word. I mean, what, what does the word say? What did Jesus do? Um, and, um, I mean, I've, I've thought a lot about this. I've talked, I've said this many times over the last six months, but I mean, in scripture, we see every single person, every single one that came to Jesus, um, was healed. Every single one. Um, we see, we see Jesus seeking out people. We see, um, him going up to people that weren't asking for it. I mean, we'd like, just like you, you see it all in the gospels, you know? Um, so I think, I mean, first we need to, to, uh, to just kind of base our, our thinking of it on that and of, of just God's, God's heart for us. And, um, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, just because it, it doesn't say you're not healed. I mean, I don't think that necessarily means that like you don't have the, the faith, like you can like jack up your faith enough to, mm-hmm. to get healed. I mean, that's not even faith really. I mean, if you're working for it, then. Yeah, that's that's after not, a while. It's like you're that's not earn, faith. It's you like know, you're earning something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I've I've been at that place too. It's just like I'll, I'm just, I'm, try, I'm trying to have faith, trying to have faith. And all of a sudden, I realize, man, I'm trying awfully hard, <laughs> putting in an awful lot of effort <laughs> if I'm supposed to be having faith right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, those are a, a few thoughts. Um, yeah. And especially, you know, when it's something like this, which is a, which affects. It's not merely that you got hurt, which can be bad enough, but you got hurt and you're profession was then affected mm-hmm. i mean there's like that's a that's a like a two that's like two punches to the stomach yeah. which is which from what i hear stuntmen would normally appreciate mm. is a two swift punches to the stomach for me but in this instance i'm speaking metaphorically mm. and you did not appreciate it um <laughs> but uh but that's the thing is like when talking about it like you know our friend sheldon was healed i mean he right. like he is now healthy yeah i don't know what's going to happen with my friend will and then i have another friend named kurt who years ago was v- his face chest arms and hands were very badly burned by a fireball coming out of an incinerator mm-hmm. and uh 
and I mean, I saw him in the hospital. I mean, it was horrendous. I mean, it was awful. And they and the doctors said like, and I mean, he had gauze all over him. And he, had, he had a very, I'm sorry, he had he looked like Harvey Dent. Like that in Dark Knight, that half of Harvey Dent's face with the gauze stuck to it, his whole body looked like that, and it was really awful. And the doctor said like he's going to have a lot of skin grafts. Probably not on his face, but everywhere else he's probably going to need skin grafts. It's going to be really quite terrible. Mm. And then over time, like, he healed insanely fast. Every doctor said, like, I don't know what's happening. This does not happen with burns. And if you, you know, and Josh has met my friend Kurt. Uh, If you you look at him now, you see that he has a little bit of of tightness on the back of his right hand, and the skin looks a little strange there. Mm. That's it. That's the only thing. Like, yeah. He did not need any skin grafts. It was completely regenerated. And that's the thing. And and so it's just like, and someone would say like, well, that's just the way things happen. Right. And then there are some people who get in an accident and they d- they are not healed. Like there's, there one could say there doesn't seem to be rhyme or any rhyme or reason to it, mm-hmm. but it's nothing that we are able to discern. Like, and so we are very quick to say, well, God's not taking care of us. Yeah. You know, did you have moments like that? Um, I think they always creep into your mind. Uh, they certainly did creep into my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there are other moments. Like I remember one vividly. I, I was um, at home. I was in the shower. <laughs> and I was just I was just kind of praying through all this so stuff. Just being totally silent. Yeah. No singing at all. No singing. Not singing in the shower. Um and uh, this was six months or so into the injury, and and I, God had just brought me to a place in that moment where I was just like, Lord, thank you so much for, in fact, giving me this injury. Because if if I hadn't been injured, then I wouldn't have sought you out, and i I wouldn't know I wouldn't know you the way that I do right now if it hadn't been for this injury. Mm. And like, it's. For for us as Christians, it's about knowing the Lord. You know, it's about being close to Him. It's about enjoying His presence. It's about um, knowing Him personally, and and that's that's the ticket. I mean, that's that's where it's at. I mean, whether or not I get healed, like that doesn't mean that like, God does or does not love me like this or that much. I mean, um, just in that moment, I was like, Lord, thank you so much for this injury. Like as much as it's it's sucked and it's hurt literally, as much as it's you know taken me out of of work and and inhibited me from doing all the stuff I love doing. I mean, I haven't surfed for the last six months. I um, obviously don't do stunts anymore, and um, I could honestly say, like, Lord, thank you so much because I am like my relationship with you now is so much richer and fuller, and I enjoy you so much more now um, because of this injury than I would have um, uh, a year ago. And it's, it's just been, it really has been incredible. Yeah. It's, you know, it's something that, uh, in our, in the, the guys group that I'm a part of, um, something that we spoke about recently, but we spoke about how Christianity tends to spread in countries that are poor. Um, and the question then becomes, well, why is that? And what we kind of the, the understood thing is that like people that are poor and maybe see that they have no real way out of their circumstances. Yes, of course, by, there's the promise of heaven, but what's more is they are very aware of their own failings. Their need. And their need. Yeah. 
you know, and it's, it, there's there are far fewer things for them to rely on. You can't rely on your career. Maybe you can't rely on the the money that you have. You know, you can't. You may not be able to rely on your health or your home or any yeah. of those things. Like there's a lot of those things that are not a given in a third world country as they are, say, in the United States. And that's the thing. And like in in countries where people that are probably better off in some way, like Christianity, tends to be on on the decline because people, I think. Thing you know, you said like you had a pretty high opinion of your own, uh, of like your own abilities and that sort of thing, and so that tends to be what happens. Just like I'm pretty great. Uh, look yeah. at all this stuff I managed to do. I don't need God, yeah. you know. And so this humbling, of course. I mean, it's it's. I'm sure at times it's quite heartbreaking, but it gave you a realization that you didn't have previously, yeah. and led you be closer to God, which one could say, in fact, I would say, I'm saying it now, is better than, you know, getting stunt work. But what is interesting, and we'll now move into the next thing, is, so stunts in the rearview mirror at the moment. Yep. But your career took an odd turn. So odd. Uh, (laughs) Once again, on Facebook, I saw you said, like, hey, I got this thing. (laughs) It's like, I'm the host of this Disney thing. I'm like, what? Yeah. What do you... I thought you were doing the stunt. Like, I didn't know you'd gotten hurt. So I'm like, I thought you were oh my doing gosh, the stunt funny. thing. And most people that I know that say they're a host of something, they're like usually a host at Applebee's or something like that. So then when, <laughs> yeah. when it's like, oh no, you're on, you're on TV as a host. That's yeah. an... Yeah. And so, yeah. what? so it's something called Disney 365. 365, yeah. And what is that and how did you get it? Um, it is an interstitial on the Disney Channel. Now, the Disney Channel doesn't run other... Uh, other companies' advertisements um, in between, you know, in between their shows during their their commercial breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just run all things Disney, and um, one of the things they run is a, a piece called Disney Three Six Five, and they have a host uh, go around, you know, the Disney verse, if you will, to mm-hmm. you know check out the latest and greatest thing with um, a Disney TV star, um, and they just go and you know check out the you know the new resort or. Theme park attraction and, and talk about it for a couple of minutes and bam and they picked you and they picked me how did they it, find it was, you it was so weird I uh, was in the library reading and I got a call from my friend uh, Janelle and she was like hey um, hey Janelle it's or hey Janelle hey Ian it's Janelle and I hadn't spoken with Janelle in I don't know probably a year or so so mm-hmm. it was just it was funny to get a call from her he's like yeah I work at this production company and and we're making this thing called Disney three six five and we're looking for a host and um. I was like, okay, that's interesting, and she kind of explained it to me, and um, and uh, she was like, do you want to come in for it? And I was like, um, yeah, maybe. And I asked her if it was union or not. And she said it was not union. I was like, oh, I don't know if I should go in for any non-union stuff. Um, I don't want to get in trouble. Blah blah blah. Um, so I was like, you know, thank you so much, but no thanks, I'll pass. And um, and just as I continued to think about it, I was like, well, you know, it might be a good idea to just keep lines in the water here, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so I gave her a call back, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'll, I would love to come in if, if you can still uh, find a spot for me. So I came in the next day. It was a Friday um, and auditioned and uh, found out on on uh, Monday. So just, the, yeah, just Monday that uh, that they wanted to, to hire me. It was crazy. Yeah, that that's a quick turnaround, was, and that yeah, almost yeah. never happens. Although maybe with hosting, it happens faster than like with uh, with audition, you know, an acting audition. I heard they'd gone through like seven hundred kids. You're kidding? Seven hundred really? kids. So I feel like I was kind of chosen by default. Like, okay, <laughs> this kid, he's not a complete idiot. I mean, he can talk, walk and talk at the same time. Let's let's just pick him. 
you know, for crying out loud, we've seen 800 of these. So, I don't know. That may have been you what just, happened. You were the last one. Yeah. Like, sure. Why not? Yeah. Well, I, okay. <laughs> the fine. casting director was, if the next person that walks in that door has got a mouth and two legs, he's in. <laughs> Oh, and then this armless guy walks in. They're like, okay, (laughs) I should have specified. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so so you've done a few of these now. Yes. Uh, They air on the the Disney Channel. There's one that's available on, like, YouTube and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, And uh, and let's, come on, let's not sell you short. As Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, you have the ability to turn on an irritating level of positivity. Thanks, buddy. Uh, (laughs) Irritating to me, of course. Of course. Um, but then almost any positivity is pretty irritating to me. Um, and so the way you describe doing this thing is fascinating because, you know, listeners listeners to this would say, like, oh, he doesn't seem like a really high-energy guy. Yeah. And then you watch the, the, uh, the video, the one that's, like, on YouTube right mm. now, uh, and it's ramped up quite a bit, not extremely, but mm. enough that it's just like, well, I know Ian. Mm. And I know that's not him totally, yeah. but I know that he's tapping into something that is there, but doesn't come up very much. Right. And uh, but then you and so I mentioned it to you, and you said, "Oh, they had me go even more extreme than that." Oh uh, yeah. So oh my gosh. Okay, so let's let's try this. It'll be a fun game. Okay. Oh, uh, all, right. all right. I want you to uh, just just say like, I like the Pledge of Allegiance with the energy level from the video as it is now. Maybe not the whole. Maybe not the whole pledge of allegiance, but just a, just something, just a pre. Okay. You know. Okay. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. Okay. That's maybe what like 50, 60? Yeah, that's 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 not bad, and it's that's, a what, definite, that's what we got on online right now. That's yeah. if yeah. It's a definite change in in cadence, and and I mean mm-hmm. it really is in many ways just as much an acting job as anything else. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, totally. That's, <laughs> so now, that, yeah. okay, <laughs> to the republic for which it stands. Now the, I want you to do the rest of the Pledge of Allegiance at was it Chester? This is this is what my my uh, director calls the Chester. Chester was the first dude that was hosting these way back in the day, and it's just like stereotypical crazy Disney energy, like wah. So okay, if you're gonna get loud, be, I'm gonna say back. Okay, off I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a bit. Okay, um, and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> that's the Chester and like yeah. they they had me do one of those of everything just for safety um, yeah because it's it's Disney I mean what if because they yeah, the, the idea for that spot the first one I did was they just kind of wanted to take it back a notch and just kind of chill out a little bit um, and not go as as uh, high energy as they had before but just for insurance they had me do uh, they had me do this all the time of everything Wow. It sounds a little bit like you're dubbing an anime character, you know, like you're getting, like a like you're a Power Ranger going into yeah. battle. Yeah. And I believe uh didn't you do just like a voice for like an action figure commercial or something like that? Yes. And it was not far not, from not that. Not too far from that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've done a fair amount of voiceover stuff, just like all kind of announcery things yeah. and um and that's yeah, it's all always that like high energy, like way up here, this is really awesome type of thing. And uh, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's not too. It's the three six five, or at least the crazy version, is not too yeah. far from that. Mm. And then, and people are not going to see that. That's hey, no MTOL exclusive. Yes, <laughs> so. nowhere but here, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, okay, so once again, so now you're in front of the camera, saying things, you know, <laughs> in focus. Yes, you know, you can you're not, finally see me. The first thing I've ever done. You're not covered been, in blood. Yeah, 
I mean, not yet. I only Getting saw the beat one. up, dead. Yeah, it's yeah. the first time I've been alive. Are there going to be any Disney three six fives where you might be able to get be covered in blood and drop from so. a building? <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> Disney takes a dark, dark turn. <laughs> Disney after dark or something yeah. like that. Um, okay, so now you're a, you're an acting commodity again. Of let's sorts. Put it, let's put sure. it like that. And then you you show up. I mentioned earlier, I mentioned uh, last week's episode where we talked about Chris Colfer, and then I uh, teased out that we'd talk about it again. Right. You got a, you know, I, oh, it's not, hopefully I'm not insulting when I say this, a very small, seemingly, as far as screen time, seemingly unimportant role very small, on yeah. Glee. Yeah. Okay. A- explain this. Um, it, uh, well, I guess I'll explain first how it came about. I got an email from uh, my agent, my host agent so the my agent that handles all the hosts my hosting work and uh it was for an audition for glee and i was like well what the heck is this doing coming from from paul mm-hmm. um and so i emailed him back i was like hey man uh or no he emailed me first he was like hey do you know what this is and i emailed back i was like well if you don't know i don't know like <laughs> I, I don't know um and uh so it was for the next day so i went in and um and and read for the casting director robert ulrich who's a great casting director a really nice guy um who i've known for years i actually auditioned for the Glee pilot for him probably like four years ago now for Finn um, and uh, yeah so it was just you know just your regular old audition you mm-hmm. know they they go through um, actors pretty quick there just in and out and um, I got the call the next night I think at like 10pm um, from my agent he was like guess what they want you on Glee for tomorrow at noon I was like uh, well, uh, yeah, okay yes 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 of course yes um and uh that that's the how it came about that that crazy story but and so the character is officially named eli eli, eli c eli c me. yeah if you're a gleek you you know who eli c is uh what what a gleek a gleek a geek is a that what they, okay that's what they call them i don't care yeah. for that but uh <laughs> okay is it no i'm not gonna question, say question here What's that? Isn't wasn't okay when I was in like middle school, Gleek is what they would call it when you could when you shoot get water but just spit out of teeth. your yeah. yeah yeah Gleeking right? yeah, yeah that's what I thought. I mean, so I, they call themselves. If Gleeks. you'd like to be named after that, they do you know they what? Do. They love all it. Right. They're all about it. Take what you can get, I guess. Um, so now I've never seen a single episode of Glee, um, and based on what my friends have told me, I. I could barely stand the last part of the Pledge of Allegiance <laughs> with that energy level. <laughs> yeah. um, I do tend to like on Community when they make fun of Glee. Uh-huh. So I think that's probably as close as I can get. Yeah. Um, and so, but, so Chris Colfer, I don't know the name of his ca- Kurt? Kurt. Kurt okay. Hummel, I believe. Kurt Hummel, uh, named after the figurines. He, right, those are the figurines, the little... Uh, uh, that's like the fourth reference I have not caught today. So oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're okay. talking about either. Uh, so that's a telescope. I thought Hummel. Well done. Thank <laughs> you. So I caught that, um, one. that one I caught. <laughs> <laughs> so Kurt uh, is like dating. I don't even know the name of this other actor. Blaine Anderson. Blaine. Blaine. Yeah. Okay. So Kurt and Blaine, they're together. Right. They're they're units. They're the yeah. they're one of the main couples on the show. And right. And my character, Eli, he was actually, let's see, I was in episode 407. Um, I think they first introduced him just... Um, as an idea, more than As an idea, idea, yeah. He was, uh, Darren, Darren, Chris's character was texting some dude on the phone. It was like, you know, preparing for a hookup. And the, the mm-hmm. character's name was Eli C. Um, and uh, that's how he was first introduced. And they actually 
uh, ended up showing um, his his face, his his blur, mm-hmm. um, uh, three four episodes later than the one I was in. Um, so yeah, it was he was the Eli C was the character that uh, that broke up. Um, gosh, what are they called? Clane broke up Clane, which is Blaine and, and Kurt. Kurt. Yeah, Clane. Yeah, uh, the Clane relationship. Curlane or something. I feel like the Kurt got the yeah. short end of it there. Yeah. yeah. Gleeks. There's there's Clean. Gleeks, and then underneath that, there's uh, Claners. Claners are uh, fans of the relationship, yeah. Oh, okay. wow. Are there people that are fans of Glee that are not fans of that relationship? Fans of Glee that are not fans of that relationship. There could be. Okay. I'm sure there might, yeah. Are there, here's what I don't know. Are there fans of Glee that don't have a weird name for themselves? Like, um, that are just I don't know. People? I do know that there are other weird names. What's the other relationship? Uh, I can't remember what the other one is, but they, they definitely, they all have their, their nicknames. You, you, you can't just be like, hi, I'm a fan of Glee, but I'm, I'm not a Gleek or a, a Claner or whatever. I'm just, I'm I think just you can be a fan guy. of Glee without a nickname. Okay. Um, That's yeah, good to I know. Think you can. Good to know. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't <laughs> happened it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Inside, Josh is like, oh, thank God, oh, man. All right. It's like because I wanted to get into Glee, but I don't want I don't, I don't want like those nicknames. Nope. <laughs> I don't want to be in a box, you guys. So, um, so yeah. So what fascinates me is that in doing in doing research. So you're you're on screen now. Admittedly, again, your character mm. is very important to mm. the story, right. but you're on screen. Ten seconds. Yeah. Are you okay. like recognizable, or is it like no, the same I'm, stuff again? I, no, I was literally a blur. I was really. You, yeah. I was out of focus. Darren you were was falling through the frame <laughs> on a rocket. What? No. no. <laughs> um, Darren was. He was just sitting on the bed in the foreground, and I was behind behind him, um, out of focus. Just we had a very small scene, just very short interaction, and yeah, that and, was it. And you have one line about uh, your Facebook photo or something. Um, like that. two lines. Two lines. Two lines. I'm sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. I don't mean to. You know. I didn't mean to cut that in half. I mean that's that's a fifty percent reduction. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Um, but that ten seconds of two lines mm-hmm. out, out of focus mm-hmm. was certainly enough to get you a low level but considerable, given the circumstances, uh, internet following. Yeah. Like it's fascinating if you if you type in Ian Gilligan Glee, like a lot of people are like, oh Eli, and there are people that like. That hate you because you broke up this fictional relationship. Me, me personally, Ian Gilligan. Yeah, that was yeah. my big question: is why did you break those those poor people up? Yeah, like, you're such a homewrecker. I, yeah, I, that's that was the homewrecker. Yep. <laughs> as soon as I arrived on set, oh, you're playing the homewrecker. Okay. Yeah. No, they were all they were all awesome. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, but but the people online, that's real. Yeah, those they, are real people. Oh yeah, they there were there was another relationship. There was another character that came. It was on the show maybe the season before, and he was another threat to Clay, threat to that relationship. And and uh, the actor's name is Grant Gustin, and he got from what I hear uh, death threats. And uh, you know the <laughs> the Claners just kind of kind of went nuts and uh, and went after him. So by the time it got around to uh, to me being on, sounds to me like they're the uh, Ku Klux Klan. Eh? 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 Death eh? threats, bricks through the window, horribly racist. I assume that, right? Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, what was I saying? Sorry, no. Um, After they got, by the time they yeah, got so, around to, so you, by the time they got around to me, they they'd kind of like, I don't want to say learn their lesson, but they kind of like realized how kind of nuts some of them could get, and they were like a lot of the first um, uh, communication that I got from people online through Twitter was like. 
Um, okay, this is this is Ian Gilligan. He's just an actor. He's not the actual character. So let's let's not send him hate like we did for Grant, and let's just love him. And and uh, he's just an actor playing a part. And um, how about this? They're all just actors playing parts. Right? It's not real. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it that it just astounds me. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, people know that you're not the real guy. They don't. Mm. They, they're not so mixed up that they think this thing is reality. Yeah. But nonetheless, mm. <laughs> well, well, we'll the, the, I think there's a level when you get to when you get to a certain level of obsession about something. There's always people who, though they might know the fact that it's not real, yeah. they don't necessarily really believe it. Like a lot of Star Trek fans, yeah, yeah. or uh, wrestling fans. That yeah, happens a lot. Too. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, once once you get to a certain level of obsession, it has become real enough totally, to you totally. that people who people like you, home wreckers, who oh, come in, uh, dang home wreckers, then they. Uh, they're just uh, yeah. just terrible, yeah. terrible people. Well, yeah, as with anything, I mean, you just end up easily, you know, projecting your life onto that and mm-hmm. onto the so. characters. And, and we they, do. Oh, go ahead. They were they were all. Most of them were really great to me. Like I never, I heard a lot about you know, be prepared, like get ready for the for the hate for the beating you're going to receive from the claners. But I, I didn't end up uh, seeing most of that. I mean, there there might have been some on some blog somewhere, but I. <laughs> I think I only got one negative comment in the in the entire entire run. On an unrelated note, I haven't heard from my agent in months. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't want my fingerprints anywhere on this thing. <laughs> um, and we do need to uh, look towards wrapping up in the next uh, five ten minutes. But um, one thing that I wanted to talk about regarding your uh, appearance on Glee is that uh, so? Of course, uh, Glee is a is a very gay friendly show. I mean, you know, Kurt and Blaine. Uh, you know, it's a gay couple. Your character, obviously, gay. Um, and you were telling me that some, that you had uh, kind of a, an adverse response uh, to your by I think friends or something like that uh, to your being on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about that at all? Yeah. You don't have to name names, obviously. Uh, well, I, I would not. But. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, some some friends kind of uh, reacted adversely. Some really close friends, actually, um, and uh, and yeah, it was a little surprising. I was a little taken aback by that. I mean, because for my oh gosh, there's, how do I get into this? Um, my philosophy, I guess, you know, what what is going on in my mind when I take a role like that, or I take any job anywhere ever. Um, is the understanding that first and foremost, I am, I'm a missionary. I mean, first and foremost, I am there to be salt, to be light, to love people as Jesus would love them. Um, the end. I mean, that's, that's why I'm there. That's what I do, what I do. Um, and you know, the same is with the same is with, uh, with Glee. I mean, just because it's, um, it's something that, you know, as you said, is very gay friendly and, um, and uphold a different worldview than than I do as a Christian. I mean, that that doesn't mean that I can't uh, myself, um, you know, work on that show and be a part of that show. And um, uh, I mean, because it just, it like I said, it provides an opportunity for me to do that. It provides an opportunity for me to be salt, to be light, um, and to, uh, you know, to, to love those people and pray for them. And, um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it is fascinating. And I remember... Um you know, this is going back a ways. Uh, your uh, would-be Legion co-star, Doug Jones, he, uh, when he was on the show, you know, he got, because he's in a lot of, like, 
there was Legion certainly, but he's been in a lot of supernatural right. uh, films, and he would get uh, he would get crap from fellow Christians saying like, "How yeah. could you do such a thing?" Right. You know, and and his response is like, "Well, would you?" It's like the movie's going to get made either way. Would mm-hmm. you rather there be there be no Christians on set, right? Um, you know, trying to represent uh, you know a, a loving um, mindset and yeah. like. Because I mean, if you you know if you see Legion, like it does not seem to have a very high opinion of God. Right. But you know, Doug talked about that he you know he was not on set very long, but he was able to have off you know uh, certainly not on screen, but like he and the director had like in depth discussions about the Old Testament, the New Testament, the idea of God's wrath, what that means, like how a loving God can be wrathful at all, and stuff like that. Like, <clears throat> and that happened precise. And he's on screen five minutes. Yeah, Roughly. he's not in it for long. Yeah, it's more of it just you, a fun. You might not cameo. even recognize that it was him. <laughs> yeah, it's just at, like at first he kind of a little bit, him, but, but even he's, all, yeah. he's made up even yeah. before he transforms. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, so he's on screen five minutes, and and Doug Jones, the actor, managed to like parlay that into something mm-hmm. off screen, and who knows what what could happen yeah. as a result of that in the, in right. the director's life. So, right. yeah, it's. He, yeah, his um, I listened to that episode with with Mr. Jones, and that's his opinions have kind of shaped a lot of my thinking um, as to you know how I approach work in this industry, and um, and I, I agree with him absolutely. I mean, this for like in this particular um, instance, someone's going to play that part, you know, mm-hmm. someone's going to have been Eli C. Um, and seeing as someone's doing it, why not be me? You know, mm-hmm. why why not have it be a Christian that can um, that can just be around these people and, and like I said, love them and. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's easy. I think for Christians to condemn someone who um, works on a show, likely that it's that's it, got a worldview that's so very openly not Christian, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and and I think that's because it's very on the nose. I mean, it's it's very like you know the Bible. It's not like it's not specific about um, you know homosexual relationships and, and that being sin. And so when you associate yourselves with that, you know they immediately just say you know that's wrong, you know, um, and, and condemn you for for being a part of it. But but I mean I th- I think if we're going to take that um, that thinking, I mean then we probably we probably wouldn't be allowed to do uh, too much of anything as Christians, um, including reading the old Testament, you know, which is, you know, book after book of, of God's chosen people doing nothing, but, you know, being stupid, you know, Mm -hmm. like never, ever doing the right thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and just seeing like some of the stuff in there is gnarly. So if, if we can't associate with, with, with evil or, or, um, or sin as Christians, I mean, I don't think we can, we can do much of, of anything. Um, and and other other thoughts and, and things that kind of shape how I I don't know how I approach work and and the world is that um, y- you know Jesus loved the world very much um, he didn't approve of it he didn't approve of anything it did but he still died for it you know mm-hmm. um, and I, I think a lot of a lot of Christians will 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 say uh, you know you're you're not to love the world or the things of the world First John two I think. Um, uh, where it says, you know, do not love the things, the world or the things of the world, and it goes on to list like pride and possessions and all this stuff. But, um, and I, I agree with that. I mean, we're not to love the things of the world. We're not to um, be worldly. But um, if we look at at a passage like John three sixteen, where it says, God so loved the world, you know, mm-hmm. he loved the world. And um, 
and even if we look at other biblical figures like um, Daniel and and Joseph, I mean, they didn't get to the mm-hmm. positions they were at because they were you know outside of the castle throwing rocks at it. Yeah, you know, um, Daniel when he's thrown into the pit in the the lion's den. I think it's Darius who was king at the time. Yeah, I think so. Um, he he's up all night because Daniel's in the pit and, and he goes he goes down to the pit first thing in the morning and and looks in and says, "Hey Daniel, are you are you okay? Are you alive?" And the very first thing that that Daniel says to him is, "Oh King, may you live forever." And I just think that's funny that. It, I think it just displays to me such such a, a a sincere, genuine love for um, for for the world, for people, um, and and specifically in that instance for people you know in charge and leadership and mm-hmm. um, and this was even a person who was persecuting him and persecuting right. his people. Yeah, and and these people in the industry, you know, um, the the showrunners and the actors, they are they're more leaders to to certain demographics in our country than our president is mm-hmm. you know um so we we gotta love him i mean we gotta sincerely genuinely love him i'm making it sound like an obligation but i mean that it should be our heart because it's god's heart yeah you know um and uh and this winds up actually being kind of an extension of uh last week's episode uh, la- the last episode where you know it's easy for us to it, no matter what it is you whatever it is you believe it could be like you know a political belief or an artistic belief or a spiritual belief like you can always look down on other people that don't have that mm-hmm. uh, but as Christians if you hold that belief you are specifically called to view other people as like better than yourself and you are called to be humble you are called to love them you are called to do everything that Jesus did and yes he died for them but he also it's not like he died for them after not associating with them his whole life. <laughs> right. Like, he was yeah. right there in the middle of right. it. Right. I mean, Jesus was, he was, he was known as, as a, as a, um, as a, what do they, what do they call him? They call him a drunkard, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the Pharisees accuse him of being a drunkard. In modern terms, that's, that would be like calling Jesus a party animal. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he associated with those people and he loved those people. Like, again, did he approve of that world system? No, absolutely not. But he loved it regardless. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know he did it perfectly. Um, you know we we can't always do that. I mean he had perfect wisdom and perfect love. But um, I, I mean, well I think that might be a good place to uh, to wrap up because um, it's uh, getting late and we've all got places to be. <laughs> but um, but yeah. And so what uh, what's next? You're gonna, you're going to continue doing uh, Disney three six five. Are you doing any other uh, going out for any? Roles or just, doing auditioning or anything? Just continuing to go out for commercials, you know. Okay. Just that's pretty consistent. Um, got two three six fives on the books. I think when this episode goes up, I will probably be on a plane to Austin, Texas, okay. to do a little uh, little piece out there, and then I'm going to New York at the end of the month. All right, for nice. a little something else, but uh, very yeah. exciting. Yeah, it's it's fun. I'm very very thankful. It's okay. a blast. And uh, and it sounds like you know you've learned some interesting things throughout your career because it is a very specific career where you've gone back and forth you thought you're going to do this then that didn't work out so you thought you're going to do this that certainly didn't work and throughout it all just a it's been a humbling experience but one that brings you you know closer to god and you know we haven't we didn't even really talk about and so i'll touch on it very briefly like you know the disney 365 thing fell in your lap yeah by somebody that you hadn't spoken to in a year someone who literally just thought you'd be good for it and just Mm -hmm. said here you go after 700 other people had been up for yeah, that part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just, it's, uh, and then at the same time, 
the Glee thing literally fell in my lap just yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. The, your your hosting agent is like, there's no reason I should have this. <laughs> yeah. I, I still don't know how that happened. I have no idea how that That's came my, about. my favorite part of the story is the agent's like, do you know what this is? <laughs> I, I don't know what this uh, is. Nope. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's an interesting career and I think it's one that, uh, that I think, you know, Christian artists and, and actors, but artists in general, I think can learn from that. Like, you know, I think we often go into a specific field thinking like, okay, this is clearly what I'm going to do. And if this doesn't work out, I consider myself a failure, but like, you never know where God's going to take you. And, and, you know, just when you think like you're out of luck, you know, I hurt my leg. I can't do stunts anymore. Then this this whole other chapter of your career opens up. You know, mm-hmm. where and you never would have expected it. So, right. um, so yeah, uh, good stuff. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I uh, wanted to let everyone know you can go to morethanonelesson dot com. You can read uh, those new blogs. You can uh, once again, I encourage you to click on the help way help will gray button and uh, see in what ways you can uh, contribute. Uh, go ahead and buy a t shirt. Buy hey. a t shirt. If you're not afraid of spiders, you're not paying attention. That's what I say. Lesson number 48. Eight, I, I think, yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can f- you can email me if you have any questions. You can email me, Tyler, at morethanonelesson.com. You can email Josh, Josh, at morethanonelesson.com. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, at more lessons. You can follow Josh. At the Josh Long. Now, Ian, hmm. where can people find you online? All over the place. They can... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Twitter, Ian Gilligan, uh, at Ian Gilligan, Facebook, website. Um, What's the website? Ian Gilligan Online. Okay. I think iangilliganonline.com. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to uh, double check that. I'm pretty Come sure. Come on, man. You, gotta, you, gotta, you knew you were coming today. Like <laughs> I know. It's, I'm pretty sure it's Ian Gilligan. I, I think it is, actually. I, I think I looked it up a couple days ago. But, uh, but yeah, okay. So, um, the ne- we don't yet know what the next episode is going to be. We we thought it was going to be a discussion of Les Miserables, but it, that might get pushed. So, uh, and then we are in the next few weeks. We are going to start those minisodes. We're going to the first one. We're going to be talking about uh, the General, the Buster Keaton film, and then we are the a couple weeks after that we'll be discussing uh, Rushmore. So, if you guys want to watch those and in preparation for our discussion, uh, please do so, and we will let you know when those go up. So, You're in for a treat. Sure. Well, we haven't recorded them yet. We don't know if they're good. No, no, I mean the the movies. Oh, yeah, you are either of them. Two great, two delicious treats. Um, So yeah, Ian, once again, thanks for being here. Of course, thank you, Josh. As always, thanks for being here. Yeah, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye.